the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International, Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the Gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
good father to you. May God give you a good father. Some of you need actually a good father in your life. May God give you a good father. May God give you a good father. It's who you are. Hallelujah. You're a good father. It's one of my favorite songs. A good father. Because your destiny will change with a good father. Once you have a good father, you are sorted out. That's why God said that when we pray, Jesus said when you pray, say our father. Don't say our mother. Don't say our boss. Don't say our, uh, our employer. Say our father. Because a father is the highest thing that you can ever get. And when you get a good father, you are blessed. You are a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. Amen. Come, let's pray over the offering. It's who you are. It's who I am. It's who you are. A good father. A good father. It's who you are. It's who I am. It's who I am. also a blessing to know that your father loves you. Sometimes the reason for the rebellion and the misbehavior of children is that they don't understand their father's love. So when you are talking to them, they think you have something against them. 
So it is actually a blessing for God to reveal to you that your father loves you. Because the correction and the rebuke is because of the love. Whom he loveth, he chastises. So when you are a child, that whatever you do, your father doesn't say anything. Be careful. When your parents keep quiet, they say they won't say anything about you again. Be very careful. When your pastor decides that you, because a pastor is also a father. See, a pastor is a father. So if you are a church member that your pastor decides that you, this is the last time I'll talk your matter. It's not a good thing. Hallelujah. He's a good father. Amen. Are we blessed today? Wonderful. Hallelujah. Today we have a beautiful baby dedication. But I just want us to, I just want us to memorize our verse before I do the dedication. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 is our memory verse. We have to believe and walk by. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, it says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to your paycheck. I mean, some of you, if it was by your paycheck, my God shall supply all your needs according to your father's bank account. My God shall supply all your needs according to who is elected the president of the country. My God shall supply all your needs according to the budget of your country. The whole country is in deficit. Hallelujah. But sometimes Christians behave like as if our needs are being supplied by the paycheck. But God does not supply your needs by your paycheck. But some of you, my God shall supply all my needs according to my husband's pocket. Some husbands are saying, then you, then, 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 then you. <laughs> Some husbands are saying, then, when you, then you really wait. <laughs> oh my God, she has supplied all your needs according to your wife's bank account. Your wife. Pray that he doesn't subtract instead of adding. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible is saying that the supply. Okay, the supply is according to his, not your riches, his riches. Hallelujah. And like I was saying earlier on, when somebody says, well, I mean, where's Karen? Karen's at the back. You know, Karen supplies my coffee and my donuts every morning. Every time I, every time I come, she's the one who buys me coffee and donuts. I'm not worried because I'm, but I have not asked Karen to supply, supply me. Karen to supply me a new car. I have not demanded a new car because I'll be deceived. But when she's a revenue, I'll give you coffee and donuts. That one I was not worried because I know she can supply that need. <laughs> because one coffee and two old-fashioned donuts, that one she can supply. So I wasn't worried. But if you are a revenue, I'll give you a car. I'll be worried. Now, I'll be worried, but maybe later on, I will not be worried, but now I'll be worried. 
it shall come to pass. Because her budget, her budget is enough. At least I can say her budget enough is enough to buy me coffee and donuts every Sunday. I mean, is your budget enough for that? Huh? It's more than enough. Or I should pay you back. <laughs> At least her budget is enough. Hallelujah. But I don't think she can supply me a car. At all. Maybe you can supply me a car, but not a car I want. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even this man, I bet you gave me coffee. Can supply my coffee. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So, your, the, the, the supply is based on who is giving it. Hallelujah. And here, the Bible is saying that our needs are being met based on God's riches. Hallelujah. And if you want to know how rich God is, if you really want to know how, God, how rich God is, the Bible says that the silver and the gold, they are mine. Just the minerals alone. Platinum, gold, diamond, they are all his. I've not even talk about the rivers, the moons, and everything. They, I mean, they are all his. So then that makes me vex the question, how much is your need? I mean, you probably should ask your neighbor, how much is your rent? In fact, ask your neighbor, how much is your rent? Say, how much are your bills? How much is your school fees? How much is your mortgage? You see, but the reason why you fret, you fret, and you are anxious is because you are looking at another source to meet your need. But if you are to look at God as the one who is meeting your need, and you know how wealthy that God is, you will not fret. Are you hearing me? I mean, I have never come here on a Sunday worrying whether I will get coffee. Because I know as for coffee, Karen can buy. And two old-fashioned donuts. That one she can buy. I have never been worried at all. Hallelujah. But if I was... So, 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 so you must have that faith and trust and assurance in God. That the supply is based on his riches, not your riches. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you come to church and you don't believe in the Bible, why come to church? I'm asking you a question. Honestly, see, we should not become like some religious, you know, you come and do a ritual. Church is not a ritual. Church is not a ritual. We come and we believe. There must be a difference between those who believe and those who don't believe. I'm preaching to you. There must be a difference. If we say we are believers, there must be a difference. So if we are also all stressed out and all worried and all anxious, then how different are you from unbeliever? Why do you even sing and praise God? You must believe. I say you must believe. You must believe. Tell your neighbor, if you are, if you are expecting me as your source, then you'll be very disappointed. So if you are expecting me as your source, then you'll be very disappointed. But God, 
is your source. Say, God is your source. Because as the person sitting by you, if you are waiting for the person to supply your need, then you'll be very disappointed. If I tell the person, thank God. Tell the person, thank God that you are not my source. Say, thank God that you are not my source. But God is my source. But that's just, yeah. Hallelujah. Are we blessed this morning? Alright, let's get ready for the wonderful baby dedication. It's who you are. Everybody lift, lift up your copy. Say, I have my copy. You have your copy. <laughs> Please, I want to make sure you have your books. Do you have your copy? Open your copy. And I'll open my copy. Amen. Please make sure you brought your book. We are still doing Lycos. I want to see you with your book. It's been a powerful book. It's been a blessing. Hallelujah. So make sure that you brought your book to church. Amen. And I'm talking about, the book is called Lycos. We are talking about Lycos. It means the lay person. It means the volunteer. It means the untrained person. The unskilled person. Hallelujah. Who is also doing it? Amen. And there's a reason why God uses lay people. Because I'm a lay preacher. I'm not a full-time preacher. Because God said that, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, that he sent his only begotten son. God's vision is to save the whole world. And if God, you have a vision to save the whole world, then you use all hands on deck. Are you hearing me? If your aim is to save the world, then you will use every available resource. Hallelujah. That is why God is using you and God is using me. I said that's why God is using me and God will use you. I said God is using me and God will use you. Do you believe it? Yeah. Lay people like us. God so loved the world. You see, God did not only love America. If, if the plan was to save only Americans, then probably doesn't need everybody. If the plan is to save only Jamaicans, I mean, how, how, how many are Jamaicans anyway? Are there three million? Yeah, three million people. Few. Yes, but God is not only saving Jamaicans. He's saving the whole world. How many are the Gabonese? Huh? One million. Less than two million. I'm sure if God is only to save Gabonese, no, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't need. But God is saving the population of the world, which is how many now? Almost eight billion. So you can see that why God will use me and God wants to use you also. Hallelujah. So that is why God is using lay people. Amen. Hallelujah. So once we say somebody is lay, it means you are not trained. You are a volunteer. It means it is the ministry of sacrifice. Hallelujah. Are you here with me, church? Good. So, I'm still going to give you more reasons why you should be a lay shepherd, a lay pastor, a lay minister, anything lay, a volunteer. Donate your time for God. Hallelujah. That's what we are talking about. Amen. 
Okay? That's what we are talking about. Hallelujah. So, what does the Bible say? Like I shared with you last week. It makes you free from Adam and I'm just recapping. When, 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 when you preach and you're not looking for the people to pay you, you are free. Because when the people are paying you, they can control you. Because if the highest donor, in the, the highest financier of the church is living in sin, you can't say it. Because when you go and open your mouth, no, no more support. I told you about my uncle who asked the boy they should bring the keyboard, bring the organ back. Because yes, he, he, he was in a small local Pentecost. And he was the main financier of the local Pentecost church in my village. Then he wanted to marry another woman. Then the Pentecost said that he cannot come for communion. Because if he wanted to come, he must be a single. You know he took another white church. But they, you see, they, they have a, a tradition. You could sit at the back. In Pentecost, when you say. <laughs> Sometimes it has, that's a mistake. They take you to the back. It's a small local Pentecost church in the village, you know, who had bought the keyboard and everything for them. Married another, he cannot come for communion. You should sit at the back. He got and everything. <laughs> yeah. That is why it is a certain sense. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you will not be able to tell the people the truth. That is why even politicians, they are warned about contributions. The super PACs. Complaining. He says the rich people, uh, the super PACs are trying to get, but he is using his own money. And has always used his money. Amen. Yeah. And I also give you another reason. You see, the reason why, I'm just recapping our quote. The reason why we need lay people in there can help the faith of immature Christians. You can help, help people immature. Their immaturity lies in the fact that they don't see why they are working and the pastor is being paid. Why is the pastor driving this car? When is my collection? You see, but that mind there is a mind that you are not mature. Hallelujah. So it's only in your immature thinking that you criticize pastors. Like the, I told you about, I have stories. The guy who left the church because he went to the pastor's and the pastor was eating mad fish. He said, ah, me, I'm in America. I am buying frozen chicken. You are eating, I'm in America. When I, I, buy, I go to uh, uh, shop right and go to buy frozen chicken, the church has stopped. <laughs> And he came to tell me that that's the... Oh, yeah. I mean, is he right? He's wrong. He totally helps his immature mind to stay in the church. Paul said, you see, sometimes something is your right. It's your right, but if it's going to cause somebody to... Any food that is offered to you, just pray over it and eat. There's somebody there who is not mature enough and... Not because the food is bad, but it's going to affect that person. Why you should eat this food? Hallelujah. Because, so far as the person concerned, I don't person. Are you hearing me, church? So, so one of the great benefits of the mature? Say, be mature. I'm still continuing. Another reason today, in I want to read the scripture so we can look at it carefully. First Corinthians chapter 9, chapter 9, 
verse 16 to 18. Paul is speaking to glory of for necessity. You see, if your book belongs to you, underline this verse. For necessity, I preach not the gospel. Hold on. If I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, and what then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Jesus abuse not my power in the gospel. Hallelujah. Good reason why you should be uh, the lay ministry is important. I'm going back to that verse. Yeah, it's a good place to clap. Here, we'll go back to verse 15. Verse 16. Preach the gospel. I have nothing to go for necessity. You see, he said, For necessity, woe is me if I preach. Paul said, Woe, woe means I'm in trouble. It's like this. And if I disobey this, I'm in trouble. I have a burden. I have a cursity. It's laid upon me. Woe is me if I preach not. Now, what am I saying? Woe is me if I have a burden. So, so, if the only way you can preach the gospel is when you are being paid, then how do you, and, and you have this burden, but nobody is willing to pay you, how can you preach have you thought about it? If there is a call on your life to preach, but the only way you can preach is when you are being paid, how will you? Do? And nobody is and nobody is willing to pay you yet. How will you fulfill? Have you seen how dangerous it is? Because nobody is willing to pay you yet. That is why the lay ministry. Being a volunteer, being a lay pastor like me, at least it gives you an opportunity to obey that necessity. So that you can, whatever God has asked you to do, you can do. Because let me tell you, God will ask you to do something. God will place a burden on you, unless you don't have your quiet time. That's the reason why God doesn't speak to you. But if you, you, see, if you have your quiet time, God will speak to you. And it's not, you see, and most of the time when God is speaking to you, a lot of us will only hear the blessing that he says. But God, let me tell you something. God does not speak much blessings to you. Go and read all your Bible. He spoke to Abraham, Isaac. He spoke to Solomon. Give me an offering. God always speaks to you about doing something for him. And then when you obey, then he blesses you. God doesn't come with a blessing first. I'm teaching you. God doesn't come... My child, my child, today I will make you a millionaire. God never says that. Go and read your Bible. When did God show up? Oh, my daughter, from today, you are going to be the first lady of America. Oh, that's it, the angel of the Most High. Today, all your singleness is over. I am going to give you a good husband, a man after my own heart, both worldly, spiritually, and what God doesn't speak like that. If you read the Bible, he appeared to Abraham, do this. He appeared to uh, Isaac, do this. He appears to uh, David, do this. Solomon, bring, offer, bring me an offering. Everybody that God blesses, the first thing God speaks to them to do something for him. So Christians today who are waiting to hear, Lord, 
my daughter, my daughter. Even Cornelius, even Cornelius, the Gentile, the unbeliever, when God says that your offerings, all your offerings, or something has come before me as a memorial. Therefore, I am now sending somebody to guide you. You see, you do something, then he responds. So, listen. So, if you are waiting for God to come and say that from today, all your bills are paid, you are, for, you are lying. He will come and tell you to do something. All along. All along. When you obey, then he will bless you. All along. Because, like I shared with you, God always has an exchange. He says, bring what is in your hand to me and I'll be, give you what is in my hand. And it's usually for your own benefit. Because your hand is very small. How much can you contain? But when you release the little in your hand, then his hand is big. Then he pour out his blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so one of the great benefits of the lay ministry, which is a lay usher, a lay instrumentalist, a lay keyboardist, a lay singer, a lay dancer, is that it gives you the opportunity to obey what God has told you so that you will be in line for the blessing. Because if God has told you that you should play the keyboard and then you are expecting me to pay you before you play, I'm not about to pay you today. Nor tomorrow. Nor forever. It means that, you, it means that because my, of my unwillingness to pay you, you cannot fulfill the call of God upon your life. I hear me. So it's a privilege. Amen. That's what Paul said. Necessity is laid upon me. Hallelujah. Yeah. Every time God showed up, he asked the people to do something. Even Elisha. I remember one day. One day, some guy was, some guy went to borrow an axe. You see, those of you who like to borrow, you borrow everything. You borrow shoes, you borrow rings, you borrow. Even, your, even the jacket, jacket is borrowed. Somebody's hairpiece. Can I borrow your hairpiece? <laughs> One day, a guy went to borrow an axe to go and cut a tree. And as he was cutting the tree, an axe, A-X-E, you know, cutting, cutting. Then the axe, you know, the axe head is a metal. If you know what an axe is, the head is always a metal. The head slipped off and fell into the water. Yeah. Listen, I borrowed it. You see, when you borrow something, when you borrow something and it gets lost, even if it's your own and it gets lost, it's not a problem. That is why you should not borrow anybody's car. Because when you borrow, when you drive your own car and you, you scratch it or crash it, it's not a problem. But when you borrow somebody's car, from today, don't borrow anybody's car. If somebody says, I don't take my car, then I beg you, you drive me. Yeah. Tell the person, I beg you, if you can go and drop me. When people say, take my car, go and come. Be careful. Because the day something scratches on the car. Yeah. Because if it's your own car, and you get a dent. You can decide that, look, it's my own car. I don't need to fix it. Have you seen the difference? Or oh, I don't want to fix it now. But if somebody's car, you go and dent it. 
Now, 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 now. Maybe you're not ready to fix a car. That's why she didn't borrow people's car. Tell me about, don't, come, don't borrow my car again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So the axe fell into the river. And the guy said, yeah. I'm preaching to somebody today. This is, a, this is a, a prophetic word to somebody. The Lord is saying, stop borrowing. The guy said, yeah. I'm dead. But luckily for me, there was a prophet. So Elisha came. And surprisingly, you see, the, 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 the metal was in the water. Alex, you understand what I'm saying? The Elisha comes around and says that, look, I'm going to let you recover it. But before I recover it, you go and bring a stick. It's amazing. Go and bring a stick. Bring me a little stick. Why? Because that's how God works. For him to do a miracle, he always requires something from you. So the guy goes and brings a little stick. And then Elisha takes the stick, put it in the water. And then suddenly the axe, which is a metal, the axe head, begins to swim and float. Don't you think he could have called the axe to just swim and float? But the principle is that always something is required. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So it offers you an opportunity. Amen. Another reason why you should, you should desire to become a lay person. I'm, I want you to get that desire seriously. Do you understand? You see, even a, a common reason is that even if you want to become even if you want to become a full-time minister one day, a full-time priest one day, sometimes the lay experience helps. You know why? When you have been a pastor as a lay person, when you become full-time, you understand the needs of the congregation. Yeah. yeah. Because you see, when you have done the work of God, working as a lay person, you understand that the people who are there, they have challenges. You understand, no, challenges, I don't mean, mean financial, I mean they have time constraints. So, because, even, you see, because you, have, you know how it is to get up early on Monday morning to go to work. When you are a lay pastor and you are having a meeting on Sunday night, you remember that thing. Monday morning. But when you are a full-time, you, Monday is your day off, you don't know that as the meeting is going on, Monday morning, sons of men have to get up. <laughs> yeah. That is why Bishop Dad wrote this book, Lycos. Because before he went into full-time, he was a lay person. If there's one person who understands lay people best, it's Bishop. Because he worked as a doctor, as a house officer. So, every meeting he arranges, he has that thing at the back. You see, but some people, because if you, see, look, if you didn't have the time of working, you went to a seminary, and after that you became a pastor, you have never worked on Monday morning before. You don't know what it means to wake up and catch the subway at 5 o'clock in the morning. So, even as you are preaching and having the meeting. You don't, you don't know that you are going to sleep at 1 a.m. and Monday you are asleep. Sons of men have to get up. That is why he's the one who wrote this book. When he's calling for meeting, Bishop understands that, look, when I'm even arranging for meeting, I need to give people long enough notice so they can get time off from their work. 
Oh, yeah. That's why he read the book. Because he did it. He did it. He worked as a house officer, struggling. So he knows. So, so, so it even becomes even a good foundation for you in future so you can relate to other people. Are you getting blessed? Yeah. Look, full-time is the ultimate ministry. Try and get this morning's message because I'm going through the whole book. Listen to this message. The best is to work for Lord, the Lord 24-7. Yeah. But even if you can't do that, at least use your one talent well. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Next reason why you should, you should desire to be, uh, why the lay is, why you must be. The message is why you must become. Why you must become. Another good reason why you must become a lay person. A lay, look, when I say lay, we are all lay. Only that I preach as a lay. Don't sing as a lay. The song that you sang was a beautiful song. I can't sing. It's so beautiful. The keyboard you play, you are lay. And you, and you better be properly you, you. <laughs> I'm preaching to him. He's my, he's my son. That's why I can talk to him. So my full son. You see, some people I can talk to in church. He's my full-time son. That's, he's my full-time son. So you better be the lay. You better play the keyboard well. Full-time son. Yeah, full-time. Some of you have said that you'll be annoyed, but not him. He's my son. And that's why his head will always be covered. He'll always be blessed. Hallelujah. Look. Do you want to hear this reason? Philippians chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. Philippians 2, 20 to 21. This is Paul. Paul is speaking again. He said, for I have no man like-minded. I have no man. He was talking about Timothy. I have no man like-minded who will care for your state. Next verse. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Paul said, listen to me, I have nobody like Timothy. I have nobody like Timothy. I looked through the whole church, there's nobody like Timothy. Because everybody is concerned about their little family. Nobody cares about the church. Yeah. So a good reason to become a lay shepherd or a lay volunteer so that you can overcome the selfishness in your life. You didn't say amen to that one. Because by nature we are all selfish. We are very selfish. If it does not concern me, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. By nature, we are selfish. That's what Paul was complaining. I have no man like you, Timothy. For all seek their own. Listen. By default, we are all selfish. One of the ways to cure your selfishness is ministry. I'm telling you. A selfish person can never be a servant of the Lord. Selfishness makes you think about yourself, but ministry makes you think about other people that you don't know. Yeah. We are selfish. We are selfish. Yeah. So, you see, that is why you need to be a lay shepherd. So that 
so that you can take the train and go and visit somebody. Yeah. Because by nature, you have enough problems. I got enough problems. I got my own issues. Listen, I don't care whether she's sick in the hospital or not. Look, I got my own issues. But when you become a lay, you pick up something in the church. That selfishness is overcome. So that you can also go and help others. That is why you go and visit somebody. Last night I was visiting people late in the night. Listen to me. My wife has traveled. One is struggling to eat. The best. (laughs) Don't bring me food. I'm okay. Don't bring me food. Don't worry. Don't bring me food. I'm okay. But one is struggling to eat. So the best, after working in the hospital yesterday all day and coming, the best thing to do is let's go and find some more cooling and just find something to eat and just relax. And lie in my bed and mind my own sorrows. <laughs> but because of ministry, I had to go and visit someone who is bereaved. See, it helps you to overcome your selfishness. Because you, otherwise we are all selfish. There is enough, there is enough trouble on our plateau. So if you want to focus on emptying your plate, then you will never finish. I'm saying it. There is enough trouble on your plate. So if the emphasis is to want to clear your plate, then you will never finish. The reason why some of you are not doing well, even though you are missing, because you are too selfish. You are not willing to sacrifice your evening. Some of you are not even willing to... I, I mean, one lady in this church told me, and I, I like her, she was being honest. She said, I like honest. One lady, one lady in this church, one of you told me, that Reverend, I can never marry you. I said, why? Am I not nice? He said, no, 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 no. He said, look, the amount of time you spend following other people, I don't think if I'm a wife, I can tolerate it. She was being very honest. Yeah. What was trying to say, look, I am not willing to share my husband. My husband is for me. It's for only my husband. So this is a reverend. Can we come? Reverend, can I see you? Reverend, can I take my husband? No. <laughs> so that's why you should always respect lady pastors. You should respect pastor's wife. Because in a way, she has shared me with all of you. Oh yeah. You must always respect the lady, lady pastor's wife. Because you see that. Some of you, you cannot share. You cannot share your time. Everything... Even when you are coming to church, you cannot pass by and pick somebody because you must come with you and your family in your nuclear car. You, ca- you cannot even bypass and pick somebody because when the person comes in, he will disrupt your family time. Who I have a secret for you. Most of the time, you are quarreling in the car. Rather bring in a third person. <laughs> That's why you don't know. A time you are quarreling, so at least bring in the third person. When the third person comes, there will be ceasefire. All the people are sitting in their car, Mr. and Mrs. It's all quarrels, it's all quarrels. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah, to overcome your selfishness. I said to overcome your selfishness. Hallelujah! Yeah, Paul said, I have no one, I have no one like minded. Like you. Yeah. Go around, come, do this. I have no one like minded. Everybody's concerned about everything. But you see, being 
a lay person in the church will help you to overcome. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. The Bible said that, and the Lord turned. You see, the Lord, I'm, I'm, every time I'm showing the Bible, the Bible said, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for himself. When he prayed for himself. When he prayed for himself. When he prayed for who? I said, when he prayed for who? So can you see that if Job was selfish, he would have been in his captivity? But when he decided not to consider himself with his own problem, but to look, look at this, his captivity was turned around. Most of us are in our own captivity because we are selfish. But begin to look about others and your captivity will be turned around. <laughs> ah, this is the verse. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much. So this thing that you're only concerned about yourself, your problems, your marriage, your child. Yes, your child has a problem, but why don't you leave your child and go and talk to somebody's child? And as you talk to somebody's child, God will turn your child around. This is what happened to Job. He turned. You're selfish. Yes. Hey, listen. Hey, Reverend. Hey, America, we came to look for money. This type of church, I think. Oh, they church, listen to me. Hey, you are okay. That's why you are preaching. Some of us telling me we need to survive. You are selfish. Turn it around. Care for somebody. And God will take you out of your captivity. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Look, another last reason that you must, you must do something for the church, it will help you from being a critic. Yeah. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. Second Thessalonians 3, 11. It says, Second Thessalonians 3, 11, For we hear that there are some, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, Working not at all, you're not doing anything, but are busy bodies. Next verse 12. Okay, go back. You see, you see, you see, we hear some of you are not working, busy bodies. Look, look, the reason why you have a comment about everything is because you're not doing anything. You have too much time on your hands. Yeah. Because you have not preached before. That's why as soon as the pastor starts preaching, oh, this message, you preached two years ago. <laughs> you, you, you just changed the title by the same message. Oh, oh, uh, then you tell, oh, I, I have the notes, I have the original notes. There's no anointing. There's, because you are not involved. But if you get involved and you are a shepherd, or an area fellowship, and you call their people and they don't come. Then when you come and see me preach, you say, hey, Reverend, you are anointed. <laughs> because you, even your three people, they won't come. That's why you are a critic. The reason why you talk a lot, because you're not doing anything. 
If you get involved, you see how difficult the work is. And you respect everybody who is there. Yeah. Don't get involved. Yeah. That's why you criticize. That's, one, one, that's the reason why you criticize. And two, that's also the reason why you are easily hit. Yeah, yeah. You know why you are easily hit? You see, and hurting and criticism, they draw evil spirits. The Bible said that they murmured and complained. And they, got, they were overthrown in the wilderness. So anything that will make you become a member or a critic or hurt, avoid it. Do you know why when you are not involved, you get hurt? You feel that you feel get hurt very, very easily? Do you know why? You see, it was Bishop Adi who showed that revelation. It's very true. You see, every time you are very busy doing something and you're acting, even when something catches you, you don't see it. Do you know that? When you are actively, when something catches you, you don't feel it. But because you are not doing it, when something catches you small, you feel it. When you are busy working, you are organizing, when even somebody insults you in the church or says something, you don't, it, it doesn't even register to you. But the reason why, <clears throat> I don't like to talk to me, because you are not doing anything. So you are so touchy. Your sensitivity and your touchiness is because you are idle. Get involved and you see that they will vanish away. Be careful about not doing nothing. Even diagnosis. You see, there's a condition called hyperemesis gravidarum. Hyperemesis gravidarum, which simply means vomiting during pregnancy. You throw up. Some of you have that. The first time, you see blue. I don't like blue. You throw up. You smell pepper. You know, there's always a trigger. Some of them is food. Some of them is color. Some of them is perfume. Some of them is even your husband's face. You see the face. Ah! <laughs> I'm preaching. I said, can I get a witness in the church? As soon as he opens, he sees this. Hallelujah. Hyperemesis, yeah. Vomiting. In the first trimester. I don't like blue. I don't like, I can't smell this perfume. It's, it's true. It happens. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it was shown historically. I'm showing you something. It was shown historically that during the Second World War, when most of the men were on the battlefield and they were fighting, and the women had to fend for themselves and had to take care of things at home. The incidents went down. I said the incidents of uh, uh, it went down. <laughs> I said the incidents of uh, uh, what? It went down. Because there was no time for you to do oh, oh. You have to bath the children, take the children up, Provide for the house. You were busy. So the instead of, ooh, ooh. So sometimes the reason why you are throwing up, ooh, ooh, because there's nothing for you to do. <laughs> Husbands, I'm giving you a tip. Yeah. Isn't it what I'm telling you? Get her busy. She'll stop vomiting. <laughs> it's a revelation. Because there's nothing, that she's not busy. It is documented during the Second World War. High premises gravitation went down. 
So, so, that's why, so the, when, when I married my wife, I remember when she got pregnant, I told her, she, what, 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 ask her, I told her that pregnancy is not a disease. It's a physiological state. I remember talking. <laughs> and she remembers that saying all the time. It's like if our first pregnancy. Uh-uh. I'm not, the reason why my back is hurting. Uh. <laughs> because you have got a husband who cares. Who is always there. They hit to Kotobongu. Okay. Hit, hit to, oh honey, oh sweetheart. <laughs> okay, honey, please leave her alone. Get her. <laughs> yeah. Please. I see, I see all the one. Look at them. They're young husbands. You see them? They're pushing the sweat. There you go. <laughs> You are there. I see them all the time. Do the more they get sick. <laughs> you are hurt. Because there's nothing for you to do in the church. But if you are visiting, you are praying, you are counseling. Yeah. Some of you, the reason why you are touching. Because you are doing nothing. That's why you see all the faults. There does no see that it is crooked. They're the one who's making the road. The reason why you can see that the road is crooked is because you are standing there watching. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want to tell you that Paul said, necessity tell you that it is a pleasure and a privilege to serve God. Hallelujah. Preaching from Bishop Dax's message last week, more importantly, more importantly, that's even more important. So if you think that the only way you can be called God, that's actually the shocking good news. That you don't have to be. In whatever job you are doing, you can still be. Maybe, should I, should I continue preaching? Should I give you examples? Let's go through the example. Isaac and Jacob. God referred to them as Abraham. Was Abraham a priest? What was Abraham's profession? Dealing with cattle and trying to get visa connection for his wife. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Connections. Told him, Abraham, my servant. And as for Abraham, he was not only, was not only a servant, he was even, there was a priest. His name was Melchizedek. But God called, God did not say Melchizedek, that Abraham was not in the church 24 7. He was the tycoon. From the Bible. Hallelujah. That you can serve God in whatever job you are doing. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses. Moses. Now look at me. Who was Moses? If you did history, who was Moses? And established a nation. He was a founder of a nation. If you read this letter and a law writer, most of the Western world, their constitution is based on the writings of Moses. The founding fathers, what they wrote is from the book of Moses. Of a nation, yeah. The priest at that time was Aaron. Yeah. The servant of God was a politician. I bet with this, yeah. The legislature was really like George Washington. 
Who was the one who found America, right? Huh? Who found it where? Who found it? What about Cote d'Ivoire? Who found Cote d'Ivoire? Who? Who? Niomba. Niomba. And Cameroon. That's the job Moses did. So we could say that George Washington, my servant. Or Kwame Nkuma, my servant. That's what I'm trying to show you. Continue. I'll give you the examples. The other guy we hear was Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, shewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters, thousand sheep, and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred shazes. Was the greatest of all the men in the east. And the east, in those days, stayed for up slips. So Job will be the Bill Gates. He was not a pastor. He was a Mughal. He was number one richest man. God called him my servant. So I am, the point here is that you can serve God. You can do. So whatever you are doing, you, can, you must be able to put God. Job, there was a, there was a look. David. I'm talking about Look at David, David's life. He started as a shepherd boy. He goes to wars. Then he won a major war. Yeah. That is why when you go to Israel and the politician and the press, that's why when you go to Israel, not the church, the parliament, he was the number star of David. He was a fighter. So the Mozart is after David. But yes, still God called him my as a pastor. Before he became great, he had a pastor called Samuel. Then after Samuel died, he had another pastor. His pastor came and said, look, Brother David, you did something. So, so it's like me coming to you, Joe. This thing that you did. But God called him his friend me church so I want I don't want you to be deceived anymore and do your best but if God does not give you that measure of faith or that ability you can still say in fact sometimes you even get scared that ah, it looks like there are people that sometimes you scare you when I say but you are not full time pastors you are a friend of God Daniel whom that was beloved Daniel was a total politician he ran through three governments three governments you know, some people, their name never go away from the political scene. Like the Clintons, they're always there. So sometimes, it makes us want, you know, hallelujah. I hear him, he serve me. No matter what you do, you can still serve me. I've given, and don't expect to be paid, because if you're waiting for me to pay to sing, then this pastor will never pay you, therefore you can never obey. And he'll say, Daniel, my servant, even though you're not a priest. It's amazing. Which pastor will be looking through women when they are bathing? politician. You were just like any other politician. Probably nothing new. From the days of David. <laughs> the days of David, politicians have always been interested in groping and touching. Looking after women and things. That's the life of politicians of them. You see, that's why they should be careful when they are talking because when they share the spot of all of them, they... 
fuck of politicians is because you must lie. And lying goes with humanizing. To be a good politician, you must be a good liar. All politicians from Kennedy. So it's not today. It's not new. From David's time. Yeah. I mean, the guy was so much of a, a, a womanizer that when he died, And then when you woke up, when, when, when they came in the morning, they asked the guy, did he touch? <laughs> Listen to me. And I conclude by saying Job chapter 36, verse 11. Job 36, 11. He says, he says, if they obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. If you will obey, first of all, I've told you, you don't have to be a full time to serve him. So whatever capacity that you are in, if only you obey, as he speaks to you in your quiet time, obey and serve him, he says, you shall spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. May that be your testimony. I said, may that be your testimony. May you spend your days in prosperity. You know, you know why I love this verse? This verse is so beautiful in the sense that sometimes you can have prosperity but there's no pleasure. You have prosperity but there's no pleasure. You are rich. Your bank account is full, but you are depressed. A lot of rich people are depressed. But when God blesses you for serving him, not only will you be rich, you will also enjoy it. You have your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. I say your, your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. If you serve him, it means that your days in, it means that when you serve, you serve him, your bank account will be full. Your balance will be full. Your checkbook will be full. And then you will spend your years in pleasures. It means that you can go on vacation. You shall be, you shall be at the beach. You will enjoy your ride. Summertime, you will enjoy your car. Pleasure, pleasure. It means that you will marry your wife and when you see her, comes say, man. That's the God who's that's the God we serve. God is not against you having pleasures. It means that when you when you see the food, you know, some food before you eat, you're already happy. And some food when they put it for you, like this one, you are eating it under duress. May you spend your years in pleasures. May you go on a honeymoon with your husband. It means that you'll be flying from Cancun to Aruba. I say, you and your husband, you'll be snorking. You are from Kumasi, but you'll be under the water. <laughs> People will say that, hey, Ashanti boy, how come now you are under the sea in Mexico? Ashanti girl, now you are, you, are, you are now in Aruba, underneath the sea. You are swimming with the fishes. Pleasures. Pleasures. You people seem not to believe. May God grant you pleasures and prosperity. Pleasures and prosperity as you serve him. As you serve him. As you serve him. Let me tell you something. There is a verse. The Bible says, a man to whom God, a man to whom God 
has given riches and the ability and, and the ability to enjoy it. This is a blessing. Because you can have all the world, but you can't enjoy. You have a lot of money, but there's a tube in your throat. You have a lot of money, but I mean, what is the point in marrying a young, beautiful woman that thing cannot rise? There's no pleasure. There's no pleasure. There's no pleasure. There's no pleasure. And I people say, child, your wife is nice, so, but you yourself, yeah. May God, may the thing rise and remain. May you have pleasure. <laughs> Look, I'm not out of where. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you serve him, if you serve him, if you serve him, if you serve him, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I will let you into my mind and into my soul. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Legend, my life. Serving you is my desire. Serving you is my desire. I won't be holding back at all. Responding to your call. Oh, sing it for me. I will open up my heart. Ready for your holy fire. says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Beginning to enjoy prosperity and favor is after salvation. So this afternoon, with every eye closed and every head bowed, every eye closed and every head bowed, you are here, you are not born again, you are not saved. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Please, I want to pray for you. Your, the, 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 your, your obedience begins by accepting him. You came by yourself. Somebody invited you. 
or you, you, you have even been here before but you are not born again you are not sure you, see, you have to be sure about your salvation you are not sure about your salvation this afternoon there's room there's room you are the reason why God came to die for you you are the reason why God sent his son to die on the cross so with every eye closed for a brief moment with every eye closed and every head bowed I want you to lift up your hand and I'll pray for you you want to give your life to Jesus Christ I'm saying I'm talking about heaven and hell I am talking about heaven and hell I am talking about heaven and hell listen to me if you are not born again when you die you go to hell and hell is not a fun place to be the worm died not if I don't offer you salvation I'm being selfish one time ago I was a sinner like you I was not born again but I gave my life to Jesus I surrendered my life to him and I don't want to be selfish I want to extend the same invitation to you so as your heart is beating this afternoon please lift up your hand as your heart is beating please lift up your hand because there is room thank you Holy Spirit there is room the Lord is waiting for you Yes, the Lord is waiting most heavenly father we thank you this afternoon thank you for the gift of salvation for while we were yet sinners you sent your son to die for us today thank you that we are saved we are saved we are born again may we not be selfish may we extend the same salvation to others may we witness to others may we invite others so that they can come and partake of this beautiful table in the name of Jesus we thank you for salvation and let the saints say amen. amen put your hand together for the Lord and be seated we hope you've been blessed for copies of this message or other such messages please write to us at tapes and publications at yahoo.com